This is Backstory. I'm Brian Bella. I'm Peter Onuf. And I'm Ed Ayers. We're marking the 25th anniversary of the Berlin Wall's destruction with an hour exploring the American history of reconciliation. By 1971, street gangs in New York were grabbing national headlines. The South Bronx was seen as the epicenter. The New York Times called it the capital of teenage gang power. There were at least 85 gangs there, the Times noted, with membership in the thousands. Violent turf battles between warlords routinely left young men dead in the streets. But at the same time, a story was unfolding that's not often told. Some of these feared gangs were attempting to settle their scores peacefully, and in the process, ended up changing a lot more than just the South Bronx. Our producer Andrew Parsons has the story. It all started with a guy named Black Benji. His real name was Cornell Benjamin. He joined a gang called the Ghetto Brothers in April 1971. I see him interacting with young people in the community, and I said, I like the way this guy conducts himself. This is Benji Melendez, a different Benji, founder of the Ghetto Brothers. We're going to drop the warlords and want to make this guy peace ambassador for the Ghetto Brothers. Melendez had formed the gang a few years earlier, at the age of 13. By the early 70s, it was one of the biggest in the South Bronx, with membership stretching to all five boroughs. And it was then, in the height of the turf wars, that a Black Panther approached Melendez about using the Ghetto Brothers to help cut the violence. So Black Benji became the peace ambassador. One of his first assignments came that December. So one day, uh, a, a Ghetto Brothers scout runs into the Ghetto Brothers club and he says, Benji, there are three gangs coming down from Hunts Point. They're coming around your turf to get the Roman Kings. That was another club that was close to us. I looked at Black Benji and I said to him, Benji, go, take some Ghetto Brothers. He never came back. Black Benji was reportedly beaten to death after trying to negotiate with those gangs. The killing of an unarmed ghetto brother pleading for peace incensed gangs across the borough. Many called for war. I see all these gangs in front of the Ghetto Brothers Club. I mean, they were waiting for the biggest war. Yo, Benji, we heard what they've done to your boy. Give us the okay, and we'll, we'll take these guys. Melendez didn't take the bait. Instead, after a visit with Black Benji's mother, the Ghetto Brothers announced that all the gangs in the South Bronx would hold a summit meeting to hash out the situation. On December 7, 1971, more than 100 South Bronx gang leaders crowded into an auditorium of a local girls and boys club. Young men and women were frisked as they entered. Local reporters were there, and police snipers set up across the street in case anything got out of hand. They weren't the only ones concerned. My eyes kept on roving around every member of that place. I kept on looking around, and I was walking in circles and looking, looking at their hands, looking at their legs, looking in, uh, on the side of their jackets. So what were you worried about? That somebody uh, there must have snuck in with a gun and do an assassination thing. Oh, yeah, these are the guys. Boom, shoot the guy right there, and then all oh, hell. All oh, hell would have broke loose. The meeting was tense. It lasted for hours. But before long, the discussion had turned from who had wronged who to the root causes of gang activity. In the tape of the event, you can hear passionate testimonies about the lack of social services in the South Bronx, the crumbling infrastructure, the feeling of abandonment. 
The whitey don't come down here, man, and live in the fucked up houses, man. The whitey don't come down here, man, and have no heat in the fucking winter time. You understand? We got to make it a better place to live. You understand? We do, Jack. So therefore, like, wow. Towards the end of the meeting, Valendis took advantage of the media attention and made a passionate and very public plea for peace. The thing is, we're not a gang anymore. We're an organization. We want to help black and Puerto Ricans to live in a better environment. You don't want us to become a gang again, right? Venting and mediation worked. The gangs agreed to a truce. It helped to slow down a lot of beef. This is African Bombada, one of the founders of hip-hop, in an interview with photographer Joe Conzo a few years back. He was at the peace meeting in 1971 and says the truce actually improved the situation in the Bronx. It wasn't easy. There were still small fights, but overall it held. So it took a lot of stress and sticking together to keep all these different groups under that whole family of truce that the Giller Brothers' brother Benji has put forward for everybody to come under. A survey of teenage gang activity by the U.S. Justice Department confirms by the mid-1970s violence in the South Bronx had declined. But the peace meeting had another legacy, says Julian Veloge, author of a graphic novel about this period. One of the treaty's rules required gangs to loosen restrictions on walking through others' territory. For the first time, if you were a member of a gang, you could leave your territory, go to a territory of another gang, and not be beaten up, not have your colors taken away. You know, your, your world widened in a way. One of those ways was music. You see, the Ghetto Brothers weren't just a gang. They were a band. The Ghetto Brothers were starting their own uh, street parties, so they basically, I mean, Benji and his brothers loved music. Um, they were playing music all the time, and they invited others to their street parties. They were making their music, people came, they danced, had a good time. Um, so if you were like a Ghetto Brother, you could hang out with a girl from the Black Spades and not get beaten up for it. So that's really started it. There had been street parties before the truce, but they were mostly attended by members of the same gangs throwing them. Suddenly, these street parties were allowing for a new kind of musical cross-pollination. In the lore of hip-hop, there's one infamous party that supposedly started it all. West of where the Ghetto Brothers ruled, DJ Cool Herc spun records at two turntables, back and forth, while kids from across the borough danced and took in a new blend of sounds. This was only a year and a half after the peace treaty. Basically, the foundation of hip-hop was created thanks to this peace meeting. There was this exchange of ideas, exchange of creativity, and uh, uh, hip-hop. I mean, everything like developed during that time. Bambata in the East. Grandmaster Flash further north. They could travel there and see, you know, what was happening there. No one knows what would have happened if the Ghetto Brothers hadn't called that peace meeting in 1971. The 70s were still rough. These were the years that spawned the line, the Bronx is burning. 
Then the crack epidemic of the 80s brought a new generation of violent gangs. But even then, you could hear the influence from the truce years. Yes, the lyrics echo the concerns of the gangs in Benji's meeting, but the tone reflects the result. It's fun. Almost relieved. Tell me this style is terrific. It is kind of different, but let's get specific. KRS One specializes in music. Andrew Parsons is one of our producers. You can read more about this story on our website, where we'll link to Julian Velocia's forthcoming graphic novel, Ghetto Brother: Warrior to Peacemaker. So you think that hip hop had this style out in Queensbridge? 